Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. Sports Guy Chris here again, once again, of course, with my good friend Mikey. Mikey, how are you doing on this uh, lovely Saturday morning here in Southern California? Trying not to blow away, but otherwise doing all right. Right, yeah. It is uh, plenty windy uh, out here today, but... Oh, we've got a lot of NBA talk, of course. Last week, Mikey and I had a nice segment on the Lakers and um, coming out of the All-Star break and so on and so forth. We're going to lead off today by going back in and talking some more about the Lakers. They continue to be in the forefront of the news. Um, You know, I know Mikey's got a lot to say about that, but of course, the the slip continues. You know, it's now, what, four in a row that the Lakers have lost, Mikey? Is that right? All right. Yeah. They've slipped down to 27 and 35. We had the Boo Birds come out the other night. We'll talk about that as well, um, justified or not, what have you. But the last two games in particular, of course, Mikey, I'm sure have been troubling for Lakers fans. You know, getting outplayed as badly as they did by the Pelicans, who are the team that are nipping on your heels in the uh, you know, play-in standings. And then, of course, the, the rivalry game here with the Clippers and how that one ended up going in the second half. But, Mikey, I know you have some strong opinions here on what's been going on with the Lakers. And we, we talked a little bit last week about, you know, next year and so on and so forth. Yeah. But we got a lot to get to just to get through the end of this season. So, Mikey, I, I want to turn it over to you. Okay. And, you know, we'll dive in. We'll talk a little bit. We'll get to the whole fan booing thing in a little bit. I think both of you and I have some good opinions on that. But take us through, in your opinion, what is going on here with the Lakers. And, you know, they've made a few moves, uh, you know, minor moves as well. Of course, DeAndre Jordan is off to Philly and so on. But, mm-hmm. Mikey, take us through what's been going on and uh, your take here as a Laker fan, uh, speaking for Laker Nation. Like, what, yeah. what do we make sense of what's been going on here? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, it's, oh, man, it's, it, it's where to start. So, you know, I think, I think what is, um, what, what's troubling, I think is just the fact that as Laker fans, you know, we expect, we expect that you play hard. Um, and when you're getting run out of the gym, you got, you got run out of the gym by the Pelicans by 28 points. Yeah. Um, you know, a team that's nipping at your heels, a team yeah. that, you know, if you're looking at the standings and you're concerned about even making the play-in tournament, which I think yeah. at this point the Lakers should be scared of not making yeah. even the play-in tournament. I mean, even two weeks ago, I thought they were shooing. I yeah. looked at those standings and said, even yeah. if they pay, play poorly, they're going to be in. And now, like you just said, my goodness, it's yeah. it's not it's a lot by any means. Yeah, it's bad. Um, You know, and, and you get run out of the gym by 28. It's not even a game that you had yeah. an opportunity to win. Yeah. Um, you know, the Clipper game the other day, you, you know, you make, you're down by 17 in the first half. You go on a 14 to nothing run to end the half. You're only down by three going into halftime. You come out the gate and, you know, there's one play call where LeBron doesn't get a three point play called. It's a foul on the floor, side out to the Lakers. Um, and then subsequently, you know, moments later, the, the Clippers decide to go on a 23 to nothing run. Which and they run us insane. out of the gym, yeah. and within the span of a few minutes, like Vogel called two, three timeouts, burned quite a few timeouts, and but kept the same lineup out on the floor, and uh, extent, you know, I mean, the definition of crazy is when you keep going out there and you don't try anything different, right? right? Like yeah, just, exactly. You keep yeah, yeah. The same thing, and nothing, nothing became of it. Um, you know, I, I think that it's just, you know, we can get to the Boo Birds in a minute, but 
Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's just that lack of it's that giving up on plays. Guys think that they get fouled, they 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 huff and they puff on the offensive side of the floor. Meanwhile, the other team gets out in transition. You have three or four Lakers that are getting back in transition, mm-hmm. doing what they need to do, yeah. doing what they've been taught to do. And, you know, you give up a wide open three, you give up a dunk, you give up a layup, you, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you have the other player that's coming down the court slowly and not helping their team out. And I think that that's where some of that frustration comes in. It's just there's a complete lack of effort. There's a complete lack of urgency. Yeah. Um, You know, the words that come out of their mouths in terms of the Russells and the LeBrons and the Coach Vogels and the players in particular, because at the end of the day, they're the ones out there providing the quote-unquote effort. (laughs) <laughs> but when you're out there and you're saying that you know what you need to do to win the basketball game, but you don't go out there and do it, that's where the frustration comes in. Um, so, you know, looking at it from just the standpoint, and I'm not trying to pick on specifically Russell Westbrook, but he's one of the glaring issues that this Laker franchise has. And I've got some stuff for you, Chris. Yeah, I would love to hear yeah. it. And again, the, the, for I would just throw yeah, this in before course. you jump in for the people that are... You know, well, this is what Russ was, and, you know, everybody, this is how he plays, and so on and so forth. Look, the criticism is warranted because of the young pieces you had to give up yes. to make way for him and to make way for his contract. It wasn't just the guys that you traded in the trade, but the other pieces that had to go sure. to be able to afford to pay this man yep. the insane salary that he has. So the criticism is warranted when you look at what was given up. Absolutely. Ahead, and Mike. so to, to carry on with that point there, Chris... You know, when you look at this Clipper game in particular, you know, our, our hallway rivals or, our, you know, yeah. city rivals, yep. you know, if you, if you want to call it that. Because at this point, they've beaten us, what, seven times in a row now. Oh, wow. Um, I they, didn't realize yes, that. Yeah, okay. we, we, they have wow. not, seven we have not beat them since they've been kind of in this new era of Steve Ballmer Clipper basketball. That's right. And so, you know... Yeah, regardless, and Laker fans want to sit here and talk about, oh, well, look at the banners, look at the banners. I'm sorry, but, like, if we've been beaten seven times in a row by our hallway rivals, then that for them is their championship, and you're not getting up to play them, then, you know, yes, absolutely. I mean, Shaq said it in the post game the other night, and he was like, they're the better team. Yeah. You know, even LeBron said it, they're the better team, Mm -hmm. and they absolutely are. And what's sad is, is that, and again, this kind of goes to the Lakers, Laker Nation frustration, is the fact that you've got big names. I get it, Anthony Davis is hurt, but when you've got LeBron James, you have Russell Westbrook, yeah. you have Carmelo Anthony, you have <laughs> Dwight Howard, you yeah. have some of these guys. And I get it, Melo and Dwight in particular, they're not the same players that they once were. They're not yeah. all-stars. But they are players, they're veteran guys that you would yeah. think that would know how to get up for games like this. Absolutely. And they're getting out there. And if you're the Clippers, you're playing without your two main yeah, guys. You're, you're playing with your without superstars. Kawhi Leonard yeah. and Paul George. Yep. And you're getting run out the gym by as many as 35 points in the second half. Yeah, no, there's going to be frustration in Laker Nation. But going back to Westbrook and to your point. Yes. Okay, so Russell Westbrook this year on his contract, to your point, he makes $44 million this year. In that game against the Clippers, he had 17 points, three assists, eight rebounds. He shot 43.8% from the field. He didn't make a single three-pointer in the game. Uh, although I don't think he took very many. I think he was 0 for 2, 0 for 4, something like that. So not a lot. Sure. Um, he shot 3 for 4 from the free throw line, and he had turnovers. Two turnovers, sorry. And 29 minutes worth of play, all right? So 
The turnovers, I'm happy about that, right? Yeah, that's, those that's solid. That's good numbers. Absolutely. You know, I yes. halfway expected that to be higher just because that's been his MO thus far this season. Sure. He's turned the yeah. ball over a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yes, that's true. So that's not terrible, okay? In no. the first half of the game, he did have – we outscored with him on the floor in the first half. We outscored the Clippers by 12 points. Okay, He's so that, that is a, that yes. is a recipe for success. That is something that you can build off of, potentially totally. win a game off of, right? Yes. Now, look at his counterpart, his Clipper counterpart, Reggie yeah. Jackson. Reggie okay? Jackson. This is a guy that's yes, kind sir. of twirled around. He's kind of, you know, he's been in and out. He played in Detroit, obviously, for those years. That's and right, whatnot. yeah. He's, yep. not, he's not by any stretch. You wouldn't necessarily sit there and that Reggie Jackson's the better basketball player compared to Russell Westbrook, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah totally. Okay. I Beautiful. would, yeah. Okay, so this year's salary, he makes about $10.3 million, so about okay. a quarter of the salary that Russell Westbrook uh, yeah. makes. Okay. Yep. He had 36 points, he Oof. had 9 assists, he had 8 rebounds, so the rebounds rebounding is a wash, right? They both had 8, cool. But he shot 46.7% from the field, he shot 50% from 3-point land, he shot 4 for 4, he was perfect from the free throw line, and he also contributed in 2 steals and 3 turnovers in only 35 minutes. Yeah, so um, a phenomenally productive game yep. from, from Reggie Jackson, no doubt about it. And a game, obviously, where he thoroughly outplayed Russell Westbrook. There's yep. no way to skew those numbers nope. and be like, and he oh, was a yeah, you key know. contributor in the 23 to nothing run nothing that the run. Clippers went on yeah. um, to help, you know, separate, you know, the two teams in that game. Um, you know, when you, when you look at some of those things, you know, it's really hard to to not put some of that onus on Russell Westbrook. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, he's talking about he doesn't know what his role is. That's his latest claim into why he's playing the way he's playing is that he doesn't know what his role is. I'm sorry because much of what was hyped up about this acquisition for the Lakers and what was the propaganda that was out there that I bought into was the fact that after the trade was made, there was there was these reports that were coming out that Russ, AD, and LeBron had met up in Vegas, and they were discussing what it was going to be like for the three of them to play together. Right, right? yeah, yeah. This, and regardless yeah. of whether or not the fact that LeBron and AD in particular have missed significant time this season, you would think that even if one of those pieces went out for any number of games, that the other guys would be able to fill those roles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it didn't take a genius to realize that, okay, Russ was brought in because he's a ball handler, he's a creator, he's a guy that can score the basketball. And so if LeBron goes down for any significant time, if AD goes down for any significant time, then you have Russ there as a yeah, number three option absolutely. to be able to pick up some yeah. of that slack and, and not have the drop-off that we saw Last season in particular, when LeBron yeah. went out, yeah. and you know you had this drop in production, right? Where yeah. the Lakers struggled to score. That's why you brought Russell in. It doesn't take That's a right. genius to yes. figure that out. So, again, so like when you look at, you know, Russell Westbrook this season, the Lakers are twenty-one and six when he wins the when the Lakers win the minutes he's on the floor. They're 21 and 6. 21 and 6. That is a That's a pretty good stat, right? Damn good record. But Absolutely. when he's a negative in the plus minus rating, which he was against the Clippers on Thursday, they are 6 and 28. Ugh. So, I'm sorry, Ugh. but yes, a lot of this falls on Russ's shoulders. Yeah. And, and his response to everything thus far has been lackluster at best. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And, yep. you know, he defensively, we knew he wasn't the greatest, but his lack of effort on the defensive end has been troubling. There's just a lot of things that have just gone wrong. I, I also think that, you know, Frank Vogel's rotations have been off. Yeah. Well, Dwight yeah, Howard, I one agree. game starts and he yeah. plays really well. He might start the next game, but if for whatever reason Vogel doesn't like something, you know, that he sees, he pulls him and he barely plays him. Against the Clippers, we were getting eaten up by both Zubats and Hartenstein, and yet we didn't play Dwight Howard almost at all in the second half of the game. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right, it exactly. Make sense. And after waving DeAndre Jordan and picking up DJ Augustine, we only right. have outside of AD, who obviously sidelined with Side his foot yeah. sprain. We have one legitimate big guy on our roster, one legitimate center, and that is Dwight Howard. You're and right. The yep. Clippers had two. And they were feasting upon our lack of size. And for whatever reason, Vogel refused to put Dwight in. He refused to switch up the rotation. And I don't know. Like, if, yes, Russ might have a point to not knowing what his role is. But I think larger, I don't know if the Lakers team as a whole knows what their role is. Great because points. then you yeah. also had Kent yeah. Bazemore, who's been out of the rotation. Now all of a sudden he's back in the rotation. He's back in. And he's played yep. okay. Um, Wayne Ellington, same kind of thing. I mean, here's a guy we've lacked shooting, right? Yeah. Here's a guy that's known as a shooter. He comes in in last night in the Clipper game, and he ends up having a relatively good game. He ends up hitting all five of his shots, and he, he was two for two from three-point land. So sounds like something you can in use 11 on the minutes. floor. Yeah, so a little bit more than eleven minutes. Why is this dude getting playing? Yeah, time? you know, Avery no Bradley's still hurt. He's not been playing. So I get it, and part of the thing this year has been, and this is why I think Coach Vogel is safe in his job, is that every time we think we get a player back, another player goes down. Another one goes down, yeah. You know, yeah. AD's been out of the lineup now for yeah. over 30 games. We've got 20 games left. He's missed about half the season so far, Chris. Um, you know, so you didn't have him. Kendrick Nunn, who factored in to be a big piece in what the Lakers were trying to do and be the backup point guard to Russell Westbrook, he hasn't seen the floor at all. He has not played yeah. a single regular season game. So I think that there's other contributing factors. But Absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think those are some of my thoughts about this. I do think that Russell Westbrook, you make $44 million, then absolutely you you shoulder some of that criticism of why. Totally. Um, you know, I, from um, an outside perspective, I agree with that 100%. Like, I, 100% yeah. that you have to take some of this blame. And. Dude, I'll say this. I don't buy the whole. I don't know what my role is. Sixty-one games into the season, you, if especially when you guys had a meeting and you were recruited to come in to play with LeBron and AD. So whatever role you thought you had coming into the season, and it's been changed or whatever. I don't know, but it's clear they came into this season with some kind of plan of yeah. how they were going to go about playing together. Now. Like you said, a lot of injuries. Some guys haven't even been able to see the floor. Of mm -hmm. course, that changes the recipe and what you have to do. But, mm -hmm. um, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. They, they, these three guys went into this season never talking about what what role is – who's going to play what role is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And to think that Frank Vogel didn't have in mind what kind of role the guys were going to play too. Now, granted, right. he's got to maneuver through all of the injuries mm -hmm. and guys mm – -hmm. one guy coming back, as you said, and another guy going out. Right. So all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, well said, Mikey. I mean, it, it, it it's so interesting. I'll say before we get to the fans booing, um, which I definitely want to talk about that, it's just 
I, I look at I look at especially the lack of effort in the last couple of games with with the the amount of talent that's on this team, and I go back to Kobe Bryant's last few years, and, mm-hmm. and those were bad teams that he was on, but. I I didn't I didn't remember Kobe packing it in three quarters of uh, through a game and being like okay that's it and those teams not showing effort right. for for a half of a game even though they were bad teams and they knew it those teams still went out and competed and mm-hmm. it seemed like Kobe wouldn't let that happen right? right because of the competitor that was him so you know it's just that glaring difference you know it, that those were bad teams without without a lot of talent but they still gave the effort mm-hmm. this team has all the talent in the world with three of the highest paid guys in the league on the same roster and to get that kind of effort that mm-hmm. you saw in the second half in particular the last couple of games it, it's just shocking you yeah. know i don't know i'm just you know kobe's a, yeah, a Laker I mean, legend too I think and i going going back to you know i agree with you and and i i think too one of the things that if i'm you know there's a couple. There's a couple things. There's a couple uh, about that. It, one of them is is that, and obviously Frank Vogel is not gonna. He doesn't have the cojones, I think, to do this. But you know, part of again what I had said earlier. You know, yeah. Russell was brought in because he's another playmaker. He's somebody That's that right. can yes. alleviate yes. some of the pressure off of LeBron James. Correct. However, even when LeBron and Russell are in the same game, more oftentimes than not, especially once the game starts going. LeBron's the one that brings the ball up He's the court. The Russell's the handler. one playing yeah. off the ball, which is not his strong suit not in at any all. stretch, way, all. shape, or form. So, you know, yeah. I think that that's something that's a little troublesome that 62 games into the season, you know, you still have LeBron wanting to be the primary ball handler, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's a better three-point shooter than Russ, despite yeah. the fact that he's a better post-up present than Russ. So, I mean, I think that there were some weird things there that I just don't fully understand. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the other element here is that LeBron James is averaging something like 36.7 minutes a game. He's averaging a lot, He's of, minutes a lot of minutes for being a 37 Yeah, a lot and of minutes. Ton of even minutes. if we stick into and we stay locked in into the play-in tournament, you know, how much gas is LeBron going to have going into the right, play-in? Exactly. And then if we win that game or whatever and we make the playoffs and we have to go up against a track meet team – the like Suns the Suns or the Warriors or the, yeah. Warriors, or the or, Young Grizzlies. Right, exactly. Are, yes, exactly. Rants, or the yeah. Utah Jazz. You know, if we have to go against one of these teams, you know, how much is there? How, how much is going to be there? And yeah. and so I think Frank Vogel needs to scale back LeBron, even if it's at the detriment to what is out there on the floor. But you got to start trusting – at this point, you're not going to trust them. But you have to, at the very least, play some of these guys um, – and I know injuries are factoring into that, but I think that there's just some of those issues. And if you look to your point with LeBron, with Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant in that last season, in one of his last seasons, um, his last season of productive basketball, yes. we weren't a great team. Byron no. Scott was our head coach. Right. Look, Kobe was averaging a ridiculous amount of minutes. In yeah, that he was playing well. a ton as well. Yeah, that's and true. And then with three games left to go, and the Lakers trying to make a push for the playoffs, this is obviously yeah. pre-play and tournament. Right. Right. That's when he ruptured his Achilles. Right, and that was and it. And that yeah. was it. And Kobe yeah. was never the same player after that. Right, correct. And yes. a lot of the yes. blame goes to um, Byron Scott because of playing Kobe as hard as he was. Because points, just like LeBron, right now yeah. the best way for the Lakers to even have a snowball's chance in hell of winning games is to have LeBron on the floor. Exactly. Those late, that Laker team was the same kind of way. Kobe yeah. needed to be on the, the floor, floor in order to, to have a chance right. to win the game. Makes sense. But when you're working these guys as hard as they are, 
eventually that injury bug could catch up. And That's LeBron has true. had he's had he's relative had success. He's oh, had yeah, a he's couple had, he's had his, you're right. No, issues, you're right. you know, he's some not, soreness and stuff he, like that. He's but avoided he hasn't major had, stuff. Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, you continue to play him the way that you're playing him right now. How much is going to be left in the tank this postseason? At this point, I don't think the Lakers are going to – we're not even competing for a championship. I don't care what LeBron says. I don't care what anybody says in terms of players or anything like that because the Lakers haven't showed any effort or any willingness to try and compete in regular season games, let alone they're going to show any sort of competitive spirit when it comes to playoffs. Are you kidding me? No, I don't think so. So – at this point, every regular season game from here on out, the next 20 games, is a playoff game. Yeah, pretty much. You're and right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's what I have to say about that point um, is that awesome. you need to scale back LeBron's minutes in order for them to even have a chance. I would agree with that 100%. Um, the last thing I want to get to with the mm-hmm. Lakers mm-hmm. is, so I'm <laughs> – yesterday morning, I, I'm, you know, on my lunch break and I'm listening to Colin Cowherd, of course, a very popular show, especially out here in southern Los Angeles, and his counterpoint, Joe T- uh, Joy Taylor, excuse me, and they were talking about the Lakers fans uh, and the Boo Birds coming mm-hmm. out the other night, and essentially were being very critical of the Lakers fans for even doing that, and they were agreeing with Draymond Green playing his clip essentially where he was calling the Lakers fans spoiled brats and they shouldn't be booing, they just won a championship two years ago and all of this stuff. And I have to be honest, I thought it was just a bunch of garbage, to be honest with you. So Colin Cowherd, I hope you pick up the Balls and Beards podcast and give us a listen, <laughs> because you were absolutely 100% wrong yesterday yeah. about that. Um, Mikey, I'll give my take, and I, yeah. I can't wait to get yours. But from an outside fan perspective that's not a Lakers fan, when you look at what you gave up, and you guys went into this season as one of the top two or three teams uh, as far as title contenders, whether that be Vegas or the Talking Heads or whoever it may be, uh, for a contender. Yes, there's been injuries. Yes, there's been other things. But to be in the position where they're at and the lackluster play and what you've given up with the expectations where they are. And, oh, by the way, this isn't like can't you know OKC or New Orleans or somewhere. You pay a boatload of money to go to a Laker game, a boatload, to sit up in the nosebleeds and to watch this piss-poor of a product – you know, quite frankly, for a lack of better term, yeah, I think I think you would deserve to boo mm-hmm. as a fan, mm-hmm. absolutely, and that's from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. I I feel a hundred percent. So this hypersensitivity not to boo this Lakers team, give me a break. They have three yeah. of the highest paid players in the league on the same roster right now, regardless of who's healthy at what time. Mm-hmm. Look at the Clippers, the team we were just talking about. No Paul George and Kawhi basically for the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? Like as an argument not to boo your team. That's my take. I don't know where that hypersensitivity is coming from. But Lakers fans, you have every right to boo this team. And go ahead and keep doing it until you get results on the court. That's my take on it. Mikey, what do you feel as a guy that can speak on behalf of Laker Nation about this. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, you know, um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I agree with you. You have every right to boo. Um, and and I'll, and I'll give you the reason why, or a case for why. One of the reasons is, is that, you know, 
Laker Nation, by and large, you know, we eat up everything that is said. Everything, and you know, we're one of the most outside of like the Dallas Cowboys kind of a thing. You know, or one of the or the New York Yankees. I mean, we're one of the most popular franchises in the world. You are any professional sport. Your fans, yeah. from a, from an, from again from an outside perspective, your fans know basketball. Yes. It's not like you guys don't know basketball. You guys know basketball, yes. and you eat it, you breathe it, like you said, and everything. So it's not like this is a a fan base that just shows up when the team's doing good and pretends like they know everything. This is a fan base, guys, that knows basketball. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I, I think you know the glitz and glamour attracts some of those bandwagon fans for of sure course, when we're of successful. Course. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, but even when we're losing, we still attract you know the the, the superstars and the. And oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Stuff. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah. but here's the thing: the thing is, is that. So far this season, through 62 games, you've had, when we've had these losing efforts, you have LeBron James going out there, you have, you know, talking about how we need to show better effort, we need better energy, I need to play better, X, Y, and Z, right? Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook, same yeah, kind of same thing. thing. You yep. have AD, saying the same kind of thing. You have Dwight Howard, same kind of thing. You have Frank Vogel, same kind of thing. Although Frank Vogel and the coaching staff, they're not out there actually executing. But. Right, yeah. <laughs> however. But then you go out in the very next game, you get throttled by the Pelicans, and you know you you have a close you lose a close game by the Mavericks. So you show yeah. some sort so, of resiliency. Yeah, yeah, you take a yeah. lead in the fourth quarter, and then you know Luca kind of does his Luca thing, and they end up winning the game. Then you go against the Clippers, and you know while it's not a terrible thing to have a short short term memory loss, at the same time you're on this losing streak. You need to pick up a win because yeah. you're you yeah, look at you the do. standings and the Pelicans, which we'll get into the playoffs here, you know, in the next segment. But sure. like, you know, the Pelicans are only a half a game behind the Lakers yeah. for the ninth spot in the West in the play-in tournament. So you need a win. You need yeah, a win absolutely. to hold them at bay. Yes. And you don't. You go out there and you put forth a good effort in the first half, and then in the second half, for whatever reason, you allow the Clippers to go on a twenty-three to nothing run. <laughs> twenty-three to nothing. And run. you are losing by at one point in time. I think it was thirty-five points was the was the margin Ugh. of 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 um Ugly. you know separation there yeah. between the yeah. two teams. And so again, you say that you know what you need to do. You're paid ridiculous amounts of money to know what you need to do, and yet. You go out there and you complain about phantom fouls. You complain about not being, you know, going to the free throw line. You you come down offensively. You pass the ball maybe once and then you jack up a three-point shot, not even allowing your offense to get set up, not even allowing, you know, um, the other team, you know. It's essentially a turnover because you come down, you maybe, maybe pass the ball once and then you jack up a shot or you don't even pass the ball. You jack up a shot, long rebound. They get out in transition. We're not getting back defensively, and we're giving up dunks, layups, three-point shots. They're helping train, turn the tide or build a lead even bigger when we're trying yeah. to make a run. So for all of this talk about basketball IQ, we're doing very boneheaded things that somebody that plays pretty basic basketball, basketball understands yeah, right. yes. the concept and the yeah. understanding of moving the basketball, sharing the basketball, um, running some clock, getting yeah. a good shot. Those things that are still very much fundamentals of the game, Yes. you're not Steph Curry. Steph Curry can come down and get away with jacking a shot when he's hot. Reggie Jackson can get away coming down with the heat check when you're on a 23 to nothing run. Yeah, right. You're playing from behind, and you're trying to get your team back in it, and yet you're jacking up a shot after passing the ball once. 
you're getting the other team out in transition and they're scoring off of your failed shot attempt. That's where that's where the frustration comes in. That's yeah. where I can sit here and accept injuries. I can sit here and of accept course. the fact that the rotations have been messed up and the mm-hmm. mere fact that like yes, like you said earlier, Frank Vogel gets a guy back. Okay, cool. I'm going to have I'm going to have this uh auxiliary of players that I can use and I can figure out where I'm going Oh wait, now somebody else yeah. got hurt. Yeah. So I get that. So you're you're having to plug in and you're having to patch holes with gum, right? Like you're you're trying True, to have to yeah. do that. That doesn't account for the lack of effort. Right. When one of your guys out there that's giving the most effort night in and night out is either a 37-year-old Carmelo Anthony or a 20-year-old or however old he is Austin Reeves. Yes. You've right. got something wrong. Yeah, when, I agree. When it's 100%, not LeBron leading that yeah, charge, when it's yeah. not Russell Westbrook. Again, totally. in the post-game news conferences, Chris, these are the guys that are saying the things that they're saying, and they're the guys that are out there not doing what they're saying they're supposedly knowing that they have to go. do. That's where the frustration comes in. We've made these plays. When you look at Cal Kuzma, Cal Kuzma over the last, since uh, January 1st or something along those lines, Kyle Kuzma uh, over the last 15 games, I'm sorry, he's averaged almost 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He's averaged two and a half threes, one, a little over one block. He's shooting 42% from three-point land. Wow. And that's right. one of the guys that Sounds we did. Sounds like uh, a guy that could be used right now to try and make a playoff push. That's Correct. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say what KCP stats or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, and I'm not I'm not saying that it was a bad move. The Lakers were trying to do something to help reinvigorate. Yeah, yeah. They and were, given the, they were trying the, to win the salary restraints yep. of that, that meant that they were going to have to give these players these bargain basement vet deals yep. that weren't going to... Yep. You know, that potentially if, if everything worked just right, and it hasn't. Right. But again, hasn't. going to the Boo Birds, going to Draymond Green's comments about we're spoiled and all these kinds of things. Yeah, we're spoiled because we're used to watching a certain t- kind of team play and yeah. give effort. And in the last, in the four-game losing streak since the All-Star break, that effort has been non-existent. And for a team that has championship ex- aspirations... Yeah. We're not showing any sort of effort yeah. that we even think that we're that kind of a team. Yes. And we're allowing teams to blow us out, and there's no repercussions for that. We're yeah. not punishing the very next team for the previous team blowing us out by 20 Yeah, points. right. Yeah, you're not right. Yeah. Yep. No, that, hey, well said. So at the end of the day, right, if you don't want to get booed, put a better product out on the floor. Yeah. Honestly, just – Play better. That's yeah. what it comes down to, and yeah. show effort. Yeah. Really, that's what it comes yeah, down show to. Show defensive effort. Look, don't 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 turn the ball over. Don't do knucklehead things. Exactly, exactly. Hey, there you go, guys. We uh we just went through what's been going on out here uh with the Lake Show and everything. We'll see if they can turn it around here over the next 15, 20 games before playing time, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, we'll uh. We'll take a quick segment break, and when we come back, we'll we'll talk about the other ongoings in the NBA right now, where the standings, you know, what's going on in the East, and so on. Mm-hmm. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season Two, Episode Seven. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody, Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. We're moving right along. Mikey and I just had a very fun-spirited uh, conversation about the Lakers' woes here. And, uh, of course, you know, Boo Birds and everything. So we've covered that. Now it's time to kind of focus on the rest of the league, how the standings are looking, you know. 
in the Eastern Conference, all of a sudden in the last week or so, a couple of the favorites have, are starting to rise a little bit more to the top. Uh, you know, my Bucks have, have, you know, snagged a couple of big wins over their last couple of games. And uh, we got some news that Brooke Lopez has been cleared to practice today. So hopefully we can get him back for, for a postseason run. Uh, the uh, James Harden uh, 76ers are on a five-game winning streak, so mm -hmm. things are gelling there nicely. And over in the West, of course, hey, the Grizzlies continue to make a push. They're only a half game back of the Warriors right now, and, you know, the Suns continue to move along minus Chris Paul. Yeah, the Mavericks are hanging in there with Luka. Uh, a lot of stuff, you know, going on, but Mikey, let's... Uh, Let's dive in here and talk about the rest of the league as we continue to look at the standings and so on and so forth. Okay. What are some things that are sticking out to you, my friend, some things that you want to oh, highlight right now uh, with where we are in the standings and so on? Yeah, dude, so um, I don't – like I – look, I think going – I mean, I know we just talked about the Lakers, but I think the yeah. Lakers are in trouble. I, yeah, I think, I think that, so too, know, man. Losing I, four I in a row. Yeah. But I think mostly because, you know – you look at the Pelicans, they've won 4 and they're 4 and 0 since the All-Star. They are, yeah. Um, yep. rumor has it today uh, as of Saturday morning that uh, Zion Williamson has been cleared to resume basketball activity. Ooh, that's and he's big heading news. from Portland to New Orleans. That's and so big if news. they can get him back, oh, yeah. um, then you know, the Pelicans can be a scary team when you when you look at some of their numbers um, in their 4 and 0 run or 3 and 0 run since the All-Star break. Um, you know, CJ McCollum's played ridiculously well um, with w moving out of the shadow that is Dame Lillard. In the eight games that they have had McCollum, he's averaged 26.6 points a game, six assists, about six rebounds, and he's averaged three three three-pointers a game. Wow. Brandon Ingram, on the other hand, he also is playing ridiculously well. Um, he's averaging almost 20 points a game, five and a half assists, and about five rebounds a wow. game. Wow. So if you factor in Zion Williamson into that mix, now granted, some of those numbers are going to fluctuate a little bit. However, sure. if CJ ends up being kind of that point guy that you give the ball to down the stretch and Zion kind of takes a peripheral um, role here down the stretch, that Pelicans team could be very dangerous. I agree with you, Mikey, um, yeah. And yeah. so I think that if you're the Lakers, again, going to our point, you know, they're a half, only a half game behind the Lakers in terms of getting that ninth seed. Um, I, I don't know. I think the Lakers uh, uh, are should be looking in their rearview mirror. Um, you know, the other thing is is that the, the Trailblazers they've lost three in a row in the Western Conference, so I think they're kind of still in that rebuild mode. Mm -hmm. um, if Terry Stotts was still the coach there in Portland, I would say that they maybe have a chance to make a push. Yeah. Dame Lillard's not playing. Afrin Simmons is playing really well. They're they're young guys. Josh Hart and company. You know that they acquired. They're playing well. I don't know if they're playing well enough to get them into the tournament. I would agree with that. Yeah. The other team, though, that I think is kind of scary and could make a push, depending on the last 20 games of the season or so, mm -hmm. Chris, is the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you look at some of their numbers here going into um, these last 20 games, um, you know, you look at, you know, uh, um, uh, Jacob Pertle. Uh, yeah, I always butcher his Yeah, name. his last name. <laughs> he's averaging almost 19 points a game, almost 11 rebounds, five oh, wow. assists, solid. and a little Real over solid. one block. Okay. But then DeJounte Murray, 
since the trade deadline, since everything's kind of moved on, everything like that, DeJounte Murray, who's one of my favorite younger players, he's averaging almost 26 points a game, almost 11 assists a game, and 8 rebounds a game. And then also, Lonnie Walker the fourth and Keldon Johnson, two of their other young pieces, they combined for about 37 points combined between the two wow. of them. So when you look at some of those things, and then you look at the fact that it's Greg Popovich that's coaching this team, yeah, they have a recipe that they could potentially, you know, especially given the Lakers' freefall. Um, I agree. You know, they're playing with the effort and the heart that it would take to potentially go on a run and, and win enough games to get into that tournament. That's whereas right. the Lakers are on the opposite end of that. Yes. So yes. I do think that there are some interesting things and developments there. I think that you got the Clippers and the Timberwolves are kind of entrenched in that play-in tournament. I agree. I think they're going to yeah, probably going to be 7-8 and eight right there. Yeah, yeah, I think so yeah. too. Um, you know, The Nuggets are kind of a fascinating one. Rumor has it that Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr., Michael Porter Jr. first, might be coming back soon. If that's the case, the Nuggets could also be scary. Yeah, But they've right. got to have yes. a significant amount of time to get back in playing shape and I all agree. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that out West, there's some, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns are still the team to beat, I think. But I once agree. the Warriors get Draymond Green, who is their, he's the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, dude. They're defensively, they are so much better with Draymond on the yeah. floor. I and mean, even they're, offensively. They're, they're, offensively, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, you know, Draymond does so much for them, you know, in that uh, do everything role, essentially. Exactly. I mean, he's that the Swiss Army knife role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, as far as the Western Conference, I think there's going to be a little bit of movement down there at the bottom. I agree. But otherwise, yeah. um, I think that it's fairly well entrenched. When you look at your Eastern Conference, Chris, and you look at your Bucks and everything like that, yes, it's certainly more tight. You know, Miami. Yeah, Heat, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Miami Heat are currently sitting at number one in the Western Con or in the Eastern Conference, excuse me. But I mean, just a couple days ago, earlier this week, it was the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat that were sitting you're at right. one and yeah. two. Yeah. Um, in the Eastern Conference. You know, I mean, I think at this point in time, it's still anyone's guess who's going to end up with that number one seed because you I look would agree, at it, yeah. the 76ers are on a five-game winning streak. You know, um, they're undefeated since acquiring um, James Harden. That's right, um, yes. They're playing yep. really well. Tyrese Maxey is playing ridiculously well. Yeah. I think that's yep. going to taper off some. But when you have two MVP-type players with James Harden and, um, you know, Joel Embiid. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's going to be enough in the Eastern Conference. But your Bucks are playing really well. They're one three in a row. Um, the Heat, they look scary, and they still they don't do. have Victor Oladipo. Yeah, you're um, right. You, you know, know. Kyle, Kyle Lowry has been, you know, hurt too. He's so. been in and out as well. You're right. But I yep. think... I think what's going to be interesting, though, is, I mean, I think there's going to be jockeying for position in terms of, you know, one through five. I, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I agree. think the teams that are there, the Heat, the Sixers, your Bucks, the Bulls, the Celtics, I think those teams are going to be in that top five. I think it's just I a agree. matter of what, where they, where where they, they land, land. Right, yeah. The Celtics are also playing really well. They're eight and two in their last ten. They've won two in a row. Uh, Jason Tatum is playing ridiculously well. He had a 50-point yeah, game. Um, yeah. You know, you look at that roster and, you know, since acquiring um, Derek White and getting Daniel Theis back, like, they're playing really well. Um, defensively, they're one of the better teams in the NBA. In fact, I think they have the number one defense in the in the league currently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. The Cavaliers, I don't I don't trust them to stay in that number six spot. Um, they just they, – they've petered out a little bit. They um, have. They're starting to – they are. They're starting to taper off a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, of course, you know, you've got – the Hawks, I don't trust them necessarily to creep up. 
The Raptors, yeah. I've supposed, but I think the team, you know, is the one the team that everyone kind of assumes is going to, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Um, they've lost yes. three in a row, um, but Kevin Durant is back. Yeah. Um, you know, with with the states and everything lifting all these mask mandates and vaccine mandates, it'll be interesting to see if Kyrie is going to be able to play. Yeah, um, and home games it, going it forward feels like by the time we get to the playoffs, yeah. he might be able to, which yes. obviously would be a huge, uh, right, massive, you know, addition for them. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. So you know, um, they still can't avoid controversy. They can't still, they still can't avoid anything tying, <laughs> you know, uh, James Harden to the franchise. Reports have come out that allegedly one of the things that drove James Harden for being disillusioned with the franchise was the fact that, you know, Kyrie Irving might not have been able to play given the fact that they may have to play the Raptors in the playoffs, in which case Kyrie would not have been able to play either in home games or, or away, away games, games because right. of Toronto's um, rules on COVID and vaccines and stuff. So, um, you know, that was supposedly part of that, which I think gives credence to the fact that, you know, maybe the Raptors were a little bit scarier to James Harden than he wanted to let on. Uh, yeah, um, I would say so. I mean, yeah. you know, my answer would be just win more games and improve your positioning so you don't have to play the Raptors. Right. Well, I mean, you're a freaking title contender going into the season. Like, start playing like it. Yeah, so, you know, and I think, you know, that's one of the interesting developments, too, is just that as much has been thrown on the Lakers, and rightfully so, Yeah. you know, the Brooklyn Nets just, they haven't lived up to any of their expectations yeah, either. 32 and 32? Um, and no. some of that is self-inflicted. A lot yes, of that is self-inflicted right. right. just yeah, because of Kyrie. Right. You know, yes. uh, con, you know, yeah. beliefs about vaccines and his outspokenness in that regard. Um, so, you know, I, I will say that they are still five games better than the Lakers um, at 32 wins versus our 27. Right. But even still, um, you know, they, they haven't lived up to their expectations. No, either. not at all. So no. anyway, uh, that's what kind of where I'm at as far as the Eastern Conference. You know, you had sure you had uh, Julius Randle get ejected last night. Um, in the Phoenix Suns game, Cam Johnson hit the game winner. Um, you know, I, I watched the replay of what ended up getting Julius Randle ejected. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that it warranted an ejection just because of the way the rules are these days. Sure. But it looked pretty non-egregious. Like, it looked yeah. like it could have been separated and broken up. But, like, for whatever reason, someone said something and it kind of went out of hand. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that's just frustration. The, yeah, the Knicks are in a free fall right now, right? Lost, yeah. They've lost seven in a row. Ugh. They've all falling out of the – they're not in the play-in tournament. They're not really close to the play-in yeah, tournament. Yeah, you're right. Five games back. Yeah. Uh, four and a half – yeah, five and a half five games back. Five and a half back of the Hornets. Yeah, so, yeah, man, um, I, I think in a good in – a, in, a, in a piece of good news um, for the NBA as a whole, as yes. well as the franchise – Markel Fultz came back. Um, oh, wow. He came back okay. for the Orlando Magic. I did and, not know that. That yeah, is good. Yeah. He came back, and he's actually played pretty well since coming good. back from his injury, which is a good thing. Totally, um, man. It's always nice to see former number one picks, like, yeah. doing good, dude. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's... he's only he's played two games, but he shot 10 of 13 from the field, um, and it wasn't just layups. He, he's been taking jumpers and, you know, he had that kind of weird hitch with his jump shot and his free throw shooting. And it was kind of one of those things that soured, uh, people soured on him in Philly Yeah. and it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So, um, if you look at that franchise, um, and if you're a fan of the Orlando magic with Wendell Carter, Jr., Franz Wagner, 
um, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. You got a pretty good young nucleus there. They got there a young, yeah, they do. That, they got some young um, talent there. Yep. You know, I, I think could serve them well in the future. Uh, unless Maybe they decide they'll be to... next year's Cleveland Cavs. I don't Maybe. Know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So, yeah, dude. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of awesome. basketball and kind of a recap of all of that. Um, you know, we got 20 games left in the season, Chris. I think it's going to be, you know, a lot of jockeying for position. I think you're going to see teams. I think teams, you're right, yeah. You know, um, I, I think what's going to be cool is that you don't, outside of the Phoenix Suns, you know, you have a lot of teams that are that are not feeling comfortable. And yeah, I think that right. you're, they're yep. going to be playing their yep. guys. These games are going to matter. They're going to. That's true. Yeah. I, like I said, for the Lakers, the next 20 games are playoff games. I think for a lot of teams in the NBA, these next 20 games or so, they're going to be playoff games for them as well. Yeah, great points, um, man. In, in Absolutely. Terms of, Figuring out where they want to end up in position, um, you know. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I've got, Chris. Heck yeah, man! The great stuff is always, Mikey. You know, before we uh, wrap up the NBA talk for today, I want to give you two teams, yeah. and I just want to get your, you know, quick sure, take on absolutely. it. Whether they're a, a legitimate contender to win the NBA championship this year. So two teams, kind of upstart teams, but we've been talking about them a lot. Yeah. We'll go with the Eastern uh, Conference team first, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Uh-huh. I want to get your take on them. Would you list the Bulls right now as a contender or a pretender when it comes to actually winning a championship this year? This year, I think they're a pretender. Um, I, I think that they have... Um, you know, you're without Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso in their in their lineup, they've slipped defensively. They have, um, yeah. They're not as good defensively yeah. as they had been when they had their full healthy roster. Um, but I think you're seeing a resurgent uh, Demar Derozan. Um, they've yeah, got a lot of fantastic. good pieces. Yeah. I mean, you they've know, been Zach great. Levine's Zach been Levine able to be Zach Levine yeah. without all that pressure of, of yeah. that he's had in the past. Good points. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs, especially if they get Lonzo and Caruso back. I Absolutely. Think that, you know, yeah. they're ninth in points per game. You know, they're not the greatest rebounding team, and they're middle of the pack in terms of assists. But you know, uh, they're a good team. I, I don't think that they're good enough to be a full-blown um, contender in the Eastern I Conference. I would agree with you, yeah. Um, yep. But I certainly think they're right there in the mix in terms of play teams that Absolutely. Could, you could... You could see making a run, kind of like the Hawks did last year. Sure. Um, sure. That's where that's my take on the Bulls. All right, perfect. Um, and at the way it sits right now, it would be a Bulls-Celtics first-round series, and I would just say I am all for that. I think yeah. that would be a fantastic series. Yeah, my I agree. Um, on the other side, mm-hmm. the Western Conference... Yeah. The Grizzlies, yeah, you know, young upstart team. John ja Morant for MVP has really been heating up the last week or two. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of talk for him, and rightfully so. He's, he's had an outstanding season. The Grizzlies just put up 52 points the other day yeah. uh, this week. And this is a team that you know you just go like, okay, maybe they're too young, they're missing a piece or two, and then you look. And they keep winning, mm-hmm. and they keep closing in on the number two spot right there in the West, and it's still a stacked West. Yeah, some teams have had injury issues, but they, like you pointed out earlier, John Morant was out for a period of time. They kept winning. The The Grizzlies, are they an actual contender this year, Mikey? Okay, so I, I'm going to give you my hot take, and I think, yes, they are. All right. Um, hey. You know, you're looking at a team that puts up points. They're third in points per game. They're the number one rebounding team. Um, they're top 10, eighth in assists per game and their opponent opponent's field goal percentage, uh, points per game rather is their middle of the pack 15th. Um, but I think that when you look at what this roster has, 
you know, um, and I said it at the beginning of the season, I thought Steven Adams was going to be somewhat of a difference maker for them. And you did, I think yeah. he's proven to be that case. Yeah, absolutely. But you look at the rookie Desmond Bain, he's been playing ridiculously been well fantastic. this season. Yep. Um, very, yep. He's played very, very well. Um, you know, you, you look at John Morant, and I, I think he's absolutely entered into that MVP conversation, and rightfully totally. so. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, with Chris Paul being out for six to eight weeks um, with his injury, I, I think his MVP status kind of drops. But I think that that allows guys like John Morant, even Luka Doncic a little bit, to kind of enter into that agree. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if the Celtics continue to play well and, you know, uh, Jason Tatum is a big reason why, then maybe he enters that conversation. Sure. I still think that it's, you know, perhaps Joel Embiid's to lose yeah, at this I point this season. Yeah, um, But, you know, even still, I mean, John Morant, I mean, he is absolutely 100,000% a superstar in this NBA and unlike the Grizzlies of, of old, where, you know, Pau Gasol was their number one option, and that was more or less just because he was the best player on that team, John Morant is, by and large, he is a star. Yeah, totally. And, I yep. mean, this guy's ability and his effort that he puts forth on that court each and every night in only two seasons of basketball, it's a beautiful thing. And and this team, they just they go out there and, and you know, Taylor Jenkins has them playing. They, they play hard. They have not lost what it means to play Grizzlies basketball. Yeah, yeah. The grindhouse is still in effect, even with these young players. You're right, yeah. And it's a tough place to play. So yeah. I think that if they're able to kind of continue on and they're able to get that top three seed, you know, number two seed, whatever it is, you know, and you have to go into their building, you know, in the first and the second round, I think that's going to be difficult. They're not. I they're agree. playing with house money. Yeah. Yep. They they don't have any fear as evidenced by their the mere fact that they're what twenty one games over five hundred yeah um you know twenty two games excuse me yes. over five hundred yes. I mean they're they're twenty one and ten at home they're twenty two and eleven on the road so That's what it, I it doesn't matter I mean it doesn't, that it doesn't wins, matter where they play yeah they, wins they, everywhere they know how they're learning how to win and yeah. I think that that's a scary predicament for any team that meets them in the playoffs I agree um I think that you know with the Suns. Everything rests on Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, and if Chris Paul is not healthy going into the playoffs, if he's, you know, if he is, if he's able to play, but he's a shell of his former self this season, I think that's that doesn't bode well. But I like the Grizzlies against any of these teams, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the, the Wolves, the Lakers, the Pelicans. Yeah. This Grizzlies yeah. team, I can they go if they went up against maybe a more seasoned team like the Warriors, Chris? I don't know if they they would be able to do it in a seven game series, Fair if, enough. unless yeah. they have home court advantage. Right. Yeah. But even then, I mean, you look at a healthy Clay Thompson. If you have yeah. a healthy Draymond, if yeah, you have a healthy yeah. Steph Curry, yeah, it's going to be you know, tough. That's a tall task. Andrew Wiggins, yeah. you know, I I think that that's that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. But um, I like the Grizzlies, and I I do think that they're a contender to come out of the Western Conference. I w I agree with you. I think you're right, and one of the big reasons you just you know hinted at it. You know, it, this team is winning away from home and at home, so there it's not. They they're just as good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where they're going, which of course yeah. is always a great recipe in the playoffs. Where you're gonna have to win on the road at some point. You're gonna have to steal a game or two in these series to to keep moving along. So, um, the only knock I've heard from the talking heads out there about potentially, you know, this team isn't quite as good in the half court, which could cause some troubles in the playoffs. But 
my argument to that would be, hey, look, with the analytics and the way the league has went, teams shoot more threes than ever. That produces a lot of long rebounds and a lot of opportunities to get out and run, which the Grizzlies do better than anybody else. So mm-hmm. until teams stop shooting at, in a plethora of three-pointers, I don't think that's really going to matter. Uh, this team is, is, is built to beat some other teams. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, I would have them as a, as a legit contender as well. And I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. They're yeah. going to be an exciting team and, and a fun team to watch. So. And, I mean, you look at it, and just a couple of things, you know, you look over the last five games, Ja Morant is averaging an even 40 points a game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you Oof. know, and um, – but I, but I, I, you look at it again, and, and I hate to I hate to kind of beat a dead horse, but you look at you look at the chemistry in which they play. Yeah, and, and you, yeah. And, you know, and I, I think that's the thing is that you look at – you know, again, kind of going back to our earlier segment about the Lakers and kind yeah. of what we've talking about here in the second segment. You know, you look at the teams that we're talking about, the Chicago's, you look at the Bucks, you look at the 76ers yeah. even, yeah. you look at the Grizzlies. Yes. You know, you're looking at teams that have cohesion. You're looking at teams exactly. that, you know, there's good chemistry. They genuinely yeah. enjoy playing with each other. And going to, you know, the point of a couple seasons ago with the Lakers and the championship that we had won, we had cohesion. Yes. We had we we had chemistry. We had things where there was genuinely that next man up mentality and guys were certainly cheering on those other those other players. And that's what you're seeing in some of these other teams, and that's not what you're seeing with the Lakers. True. So I, I think that that's another point to make. But yeah, I mean the Grizzlies, dude, they're just they're ridiculous. They're fun to watch. They're yeah. they're they're they hustle. They they give it their all. I mean, yeah, they make their fan base proud. Absolutely. There we go. Um, so yeah, Mike and I in agreement. We uh, you know we were just gushing over the Grizzlies for a while, but we're definitely not the only ones. They're they're a, mm-hmm. a good looking team. So. Um, definitely excited for this last, you know, 20 games here and how everything's going to shift and get us ready for what is shaping up to be one heck of a postseason yeah. again and, and a wide open one really, which makes yes. it even more fun and exciting, fun. you know, Absolutely. we don't know who's going to be there. So it's, uh, that's awesome. So we're coming down, you know, uh, full time, but we'll take a quick segment break. When we come back, we'll just touch on a little bit of NFL sure. talk and wrap it up for this week. So, Hey, balls and beards podcast season two, episode seven. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. Mikey and I are going to wrap a little bow on uh, today's episode, and we finish up today, but we, we had a heavy you know NBA dose, of course, going on. We talked about the Lakers, went through the league, how the standings are looking right now, but we'll touch real quick um, a little bit of NFL news, of course. We've got... Uh, you know, it's still crickets on the Aaron Rodgers front as far as that goes. You know, I mean, there was, I guess, reports today that he is truly torn on where he wants to play, which, I mean, it, let's be honest, I mean, that makes sense. If he wasn't mm-hmm. torn, we would have got a decision by now, I think. So, uh, but anyways, we'll continue to wait on that. But Russell Wilson, of course, has been in the news as well. The Washington Commanders have been very aggressive you know, trying to go after a quarterback, maybe even comically for what they offered the, the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes, and of course were rebuffed. But um, the word is they offered the Seahawks a whole slew of draft picks as well if they would be willing to to move uh, Mr. Wilson. That didn't go anywhere. Um, but Mikey, I think yeah. it's worth at least touching on for a couple minutes. You know what we talked about last week, where we think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. 
maybe now we could at least address Russell Wilson. You know, before we hit record, you had an interesting scenario that I actually like a lot. But, <laughs> dude, what do you think happens with Russ Wilson right now? I mean, it, it, it this doesn't seem as much as, like, quite quite as, you know, far along in the is he going to come back thing as Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. The talks continue, so there must be something to it. What do you think, man? Where do you think Russ goes? Um, yeah, so before I get to my, my hot take, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, there, there's been talk the last couple seasons anyway about Russell Wilson and his tenure in Seattle. I think just like your Packers, you know, the, the verbiage that the Packers have used with regards to Aaron Rodgers the last two seasons, it's changed a little bit. And, yes. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that gives you a le- at least a little bit reason uh, to pause. Mm-hmm. I think if you're Seattle, you got to do the same kind of thing. I mean, you have a franchise-level quarterback that, you know, could be a difference maker for a team, and you have the potential to maybe restock and, you know, stockpile some draft picks yes. and, you know, kind of hit the reset button a little bit. And if you're Seattle, I mean, unlike your Packers, you know, you're playing in an you have you're in an incredibly difficult division. And so I think that, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at that and say, yeah. okay, well maybe our time's not now. I mean, right. you know, you, yeah. you the Super Bowl champ Rams are in our division. You've got the Niners and you got the Cardinals. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we can take a step back and kind of reload, retool and yeah. kind of re, you know, around Pete Carroll and whatnot and that defense. Pete Carroll had some comments about, you know, the defense has been arrogant and can't be arrogant anymore. And, you know, they're yeah, they they're just need no, to play better. They need to yeah, play better. That's they're not the, the same line. defense that yeah. they were that was, you know, winning a Super Bowl no, or that was contending no. in, in, right. for uh, a Super Bowl. So, right. um, you know, you, you have to do your due diligence. You can't just come out and be like, you know, right. this is what it is. Now, my hot take. Yes, let's hear it. <laughs> No, there is nothing. I am not an insider by any stretch. I just think that this scenario is kind of interesting, and I think it does kind of play well for both teams. And that is you trade Kyler Murray from the Arizona Cardinals to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson. Ooh, a quarterback switcheroo. Quarterback swap. Um, I think that when you – because, again, much like I just said, wow. you have right. – the Seattle Seahawks can get a young player that still has two years left on their rookie deal. That's that is correct. kind of angling for an extension with Arizona. Yes. Um, Cliff Kingsbury and the GM just got extensions. They Not did. sure how many years, how much money, all that kind of stuff. Right. But clearly the front office likes what those two guys yes. are doing. Yes. What, yeah. I like the fact that the Cardinals – even though he hasn't shown in the back half of the seasons the last few years that he can get the job done in Kingsbury, he at least is, by and large, putting a winning product on the football oh, totally. field. Yeah. And, and yep. the Cardinals, year in and year out, the last couple of years, and this last year in particular, the Cardinals have been in the conversation for Super Bowl contenders, right? Yeah. So, like, that's something that, for the better part of my lifetime, or at least my, my tenure as a Cardinals fan, has not been the case. We've been kind of the laughing yeah, stock of the right. NFL. Yeah, right, yeah. So the fact that we're in that conversation is 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 good. And Kingsbury's the kind of guy. I mean, you know, Sean McVay was given the faith to like, hey, look, you know, yeah. let's let's give you some time, let's, you know, make things happen mm-hmm. with the Rams and he he delivered with the Super Bowl. So, but having said that, um the, the, the Seahawks get a guy that they can kind of build around. It's got some legs that kind of has some younger, you know, Russell Wilson tendencies yeah. and whatnot. Um, to go with DK Metcalf and whatnot. Um, and then on the Cardinals side, you get a guy that's won a Super Bowl, um, an MVP-type candidate player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of like what we did, you know, 
way back when in, in 2008, whatever it was, you know, we had Kurt Warner who yeah. was coming yeah. off of, you know, some good seasons in St. Louis for yep. the Rams, won a Super Bowl, um, and then, you know, comes to Arizona and yeah, he's not this, quite the same player that he was, but he brought a veteran leadership to that locker yeah. room. So much like going after JJ Watt last year. Uh, or this last off season and bringing him in for his leadership sure. qualities right. and his ability to kind of command the locker yeah. room and everything. And I believe his presence was really felt despite the fact that he did miss about half the season. Russell Wilson could do that from the offensive point of view. And whereas Kyler Murray has proven thus far, and especially in these last playoffs where you were favorites and you went out in there and threw a dud. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Literally and yeah, figuratively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that what kind of what does he command in the locker room? But what Wilson comes in there and it's Russell Wilson and he automatically kind of commands yeah. this presence yeah. that regardless of who you are, you listen to and yeah. you follow. And yeah. I think that that's something that could bode well in the desert. But I don't know. That's my hot take. Dude, that is uh look, I I mean, I don't know if it's really as uh, you know, wacky or out from left field as what, you know, people might think at first. Because look, of course, the the Seahawks aren't going to trade Russ within the division unless they could get a young, very good Pro Bowl caliber quarterback back. So when you do that switch, that kind of all of a sudden you you pause and you go, "Hmm, okay, well, I mean, that would work. You know, Seattle, ever since they had to pay Russell the top dollar that he deserved coming out of his rookie contract, they went to the Super Bowls under his rookie deal because they could pay all those defensive guys a boatload of money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They haven't been able to do that, and instead they've been trying to invest in the defense to get it back to that caliber, and it hasn't worked. They've missed on a lot of the guys they've invested money in, and the offensive line has been the thing that has suffered through that whole period of time. You know, it... Kyler make, can make up, he's younger. You know, Russ is, is similar. Russ can move around and, of course, extend plays and everything. But Kyler, you can bring him in, and I think he, he might even be better with their current offensive line there. And a team that Russ would sign off going to, yeah, I think you go to the Cardinals. Are you kidding me? Throw to D-hop. You have two mm -hmm. running backs that are good. You went and traded for a, a, a high-caliber tight end in the middle of the season. You've got a couple of young receivers coming on. Rondell Moore was fantastic for uh, – second round rookie i mean you you've got all the talent in the world i think the argument is strong that you have a better offensive line at the moment you know i mean that could improve of course but it's better than the seahawks current offensive line so you address all of those things um i dude i like it i don't know i think it's a win-win for both sides to be honest i mean you know it's not like seattle couldn't do something with kyler murray and, mm -hmm. and build around him and that would be it, it brings in more of a run first offense with Peach Carroll is always done in Seattle anyway and he's always mm -hmm. favored anyway. Russ hasn't liked that that much. Russ wants to sling the ball, especially when he's got guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the team right now. Yeah. He wants to sling it. Pete still wants to play ground and pound basically. We're going to pound the rock, eat clock and and play physical defense. So he still wants to go with that. You just have diff differing philosophies in Seattle right now. I just don't see how it continues to mesh with how good your division is. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't see a path for Seattle to be better this year as currently constructed. I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but 
it's not like the three teams, you guys, the Rams and the 49ers, are all just going to be terrible next year. There's going to be some moves, of course. Yeah, the Rams can't afford to bring everybody back, but the nucleus is still going to be there. Um, and then San Francisco, yeah, they're going to move away from Jimmy G, but the rest of that team's still going to be there. And mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan is still, uh, you know, a, a wonder, wonder mind when it comes to mm-hmm. offense. So um, I don't. It's not like you. The other three teams are are set up to have a down year in the NFC West. If anything, they're set up to be in the playoffs again, just yeah. like they were this year. Yeah. So, dude, I like it. I don't know, man. I, I I like your Thank hot you. take. I think it's great. Thank you. Appreciate the only thing it. I'll say, I think Russ is going to be gone. I really do. I where <coughs> he goes, I'm not sure. But I just I just don't see this. It's two differing philosophies at the moment, and it just seems to me like it's a. Uh, Either Pete Carroll's going to go or Russ is going to go, and Pete's already said he's going to stay and come back, and they're not firing Pete Carroll. Right. So, I mean, I, to me, that seems like the logical thing that you do. And like you talked about last week when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, this franchise has to do their due diligence and yeah. phone and, and field the phone calls and see what they could get because this is a team that traded away all their, their first-round picks to bring in Jamal Adams and some of these other defensive guys, and... They could use some of those first-rounders back yeah. in return. Yeah. So, eh, you know, we'll see. Maybe not as crazy as, as what it initially sounds. But, uh, hey, guys, we're coming down the stretch. We'll wrap it up this week. But um, today, out today on our Patreon, we're going to have the first set of NCAA tournament projections. Of course, March Madness is r- right around the corner. This is something I've been doing for about the last five years now, Mikey. Sweet. It's, uh you know, um, and honestly, I my track record has been pretty good uh, okay. as far as like you know predicting the teams and so on and so forth. You know, maybe not quite to Joe Lenardi status, but <laughs> I've uh, I've I've you know Jerry Palm is CBS's guy and he does a great job as well. But my record's been a little better than him the last few Sweet. years in predicting those teams. So take a look at it. That'll be you know yeah. a free post for everybody today. You know check it out and then going forward we'll continue to have those projections lean up to the tournament. Some extra material on there when uh, March Madness rolls around. So please check that out. Check out the Patreon. Um, it, you know we appreciate all the support. Um, check us out there. Instagram all of those good things. In the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Yep. Um, you know, uh, one other thing, Coach K will be coaching his final regular season game today. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big one against rival North Carolina. Yep. And uh, honestly, North Carolina needs to win this game to be on the right side of the bubble to get in the tournament. So a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff going on there. Of course, Duke-North Carolina is one of the premier rivalries Absolutely. in college basketball. Yep. Anywho, I agree. But, uh, Mikey, anything in closing today, my friend? Nah, man, I don't have anything. Um, I, you know... Coach K, it's been 42 seasons, you know, Team USA basketball. 42 years. You know, unlike Tom Izzo and some of the other guys that have been, you know, have carved out really good college careers or coaching careers, you know, he's never, outside of Team USA, he's never coached in the NBA. You're right. He never took over, you know, the Laker franchise. He never took over one of these storied, um, you know, franchises. He stayed at Duke. Um, you know, coaching legend. I mean, absolute, yeah. absolute legend. And, um, you know, the game is going to miss the game period, not just college basketball, but the game in general is going to miss coach K and, um, you know, what he brings to the table. You've got ridiculous amounts of guys that have been drafted over the oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's always had a really good program I totally and, um, yep. you know, put Duke on the map. So, um, you know, congrats coach K 
And um, yeah, man, it'll be a fun game, like you yeah, said. It's, dude, it's, right? got, it's not just a, it's not a lame duck game. No, either, so. not at all. Yeah, well, well said, man. Well said. And the, the only thing I'll add on to that is, you know, this is a guy that did it too in a way where, you know, he he didn't abuse players, he didn't abuse other coaches. He, you know, it, it wasn't any of that kind of stuff where some of these other high-profile coaches, you know, have had their troubles versus things like that. Um, even going back a few weeks ago with, you know, Jawan Howard smacking an assistant coach in a, in yeah. a handshake line. Coach K never did any of that. By the way, Coach K stomped uh, that uh, Jawan Howard and Michigan team back in the national title game many years ago. So just had to throw that in. Any chance mm-hmm, a Badger mm-hmm. fan can get a dig at Michigan, we'll take a chance <laughs> at it. So, uh, But anywho, hats off to Coach K. Absolutely well said, Mikey. So yeah. um, there you go, guys. Hey, we'll be back again next week with plenty of stuff. Maybe we'll have some quarterback news to talk about. Yeah, you maybe. know, we're getting closer to the start of free agency. Something's going to happen here. But uh, anywho, y'all have a great weekend. Uh, Balls and Beards podcast signing off. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys.